1: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heatbeat Podcast, end of regular season edition. I'm your host, Carlos Navas, and with me today, the co-host of pre 2K Coach himself, Franky,
2: and Streambeat co-founder. And Streambeat
1: co-founder. I'm sorry, it's it's. Been, I'm sorry, I apologize. It's been a long day. No, it's cheating. been it's been a it's been a long it's been a long weekend. Uh, chat. I need you to bear with me. I'm coming back from a wedding. Uh, I am so hungover. i've put so many things on my body this weekend and uh, i am detoxing here talking basketball Crazy. with you shout out to Nikias in chat and congratulations uh big time i don't know what you're doing i, I saw chef surely uh tell you the other day why you tweeting at me uh going back to the projects when you're doing pods with jj reddick <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate you stopping through the hood but uh much love to Nikias, and congratulations yep. to all your success my friend you and steve uh do a fantastic job. This is uh some of your first uh, some audience might not know who Lou is. As chat says uh he looks like Louis CK. Uh so I know, love it, bro. I uh, love it. That's my Louis CK without the without the cancellation.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: So let's keep it like, it like that. Let's keep it like that. This is uh so you know, Lou's done a post game, but he's also he helps out on our, on our pregame and pregame show, so Shout out to Lou for for being uh, our newest member of the team, and uh, well, you know he's he's doing some pods with us now, so it's exciting. Yeah. Highly is very own. Highly is, is
3: very own. own. I love it. You know what else
1: me. is Miami's own? Yes, sir. you Donis has them, but more importantly, Miami Gaming Parties our brand new sponsor because you deserve a customized gaming experience. Guys, listen, Miami Gaming Parties delivers private, custom video game tournaments for gamers and lucky guests. This is truly custom. You pick the game and the package, premium or black tie VIP, for 8 to 16 people. And they bring it all, everything from PS5s to trophies for the winners. Play it at home or at a venue of your choosing with free, free, on-site consultation. That's great. Perfect for birthday parties, bachelor parties, anniversaries, corporate events, anything you want to celebrate. If you wanted to throw an Easter, Call of Duty, or Valorant tournament... We know what better way to celebrate Jesus Christ than that? That's what I'm saying out here. You know, Easter egg hunt for the kids and then uh, a valor tournament uh, <laughs> for the adults. So check out uh, miamigamingparties.com for more information. Uh, you can find them on Twitter at gamingparties, on Instagram at miami gaming underscore parties, uh, at miami underscore gaming underscore parties, or search miami gaming parties on Facebook. So shout out to uh, shout out to them. They are fantastic and we're super happy to have them aboard um gentlemen, let's start with the game let uh, so we're gonna we're, we're gonna do today uh chat and uh our lovely audiences we're gonna preview the offensive side of the ball of heat Hawks. however we want to dedicate the first minutes of the show to talk about what happened today boys Udonis Haslam scored more points than Kyle Lowry has since November uh oh, yeah. then Kyle's my guy but you know what a Frankie. I was i was a mess i was bawling i was crying <laughs> the fact that dwayne wade came and wore the ud jersey courtside i was through the moon i'm glad that chris bosh made an appearance in a video because we were a little worried when he didn't show up on the twitter video what, what a day man shout out to ud
2: the legend 305 liberty city uh university of florida regrettably you know, business decision, as he likes to call it. But uh, <laughs> this guy's been Miami 305 uh, his whole life, his whole career, uh, professional. Uh, Miami High with Steve Blake, you know, growing up winning state championships. Um, uh, and then going, you know, going to the national championship game in Florida, winning championships and, and going to all the finals appearances that the Heat have in their history were with Udonis Haslam on the roster, uh, a part of all those teams. Like, it, this is, like, for, for, like, people like you and me, like, we're in our 30s now, but I I was telling my girlfriend today, like, Udonis has literally been on the team since I started watching basketball. This yes, is yep. the end of an era for, for us, for the Heat, for the team, for the fr- uh, fan base, uh, for the locker room, like, Shout out to him. I get all the blessings and, and love and respect and health and happiness in the world um, it, It's it's a sad day and and it's a it's a great day because we get to honor him and he went out like a champ
1: Ryan's Pervero in chat says he deserves a statue and I what? have a theory and I, Lou Frankie I want you to to let me know what you think of this theory Dwayne Wade still doesn't have a statue in Miami and I think that's on purpose because they're gonna get a statue together and it has to be Dwayne Wade rejecting a Udonis Housem screen. <laughs> it, is the their, it is their signature play. And uh, what a way to honor them both. I like them getting a statue
2: together, but I need, I, I want Dwayne's to be the this is my house. And oh. I want Udonis to be smacking the shit out of Tyler Hands, bro. Oh, I Specifically,
1: like you want the Pacer jersey to be like noticeable.
2: Yeah. yeah, I want Tyler Hansbro to be bleeding on the floor. Yes, it, I want that. Lou, it's pretty crazy
1: how, like, the organization, like, they'll celebrate the fact that UD, like, gooned him. Yeah. They, <laughs> they, they, like, showed that today. Like, they were, like, you know, Ron Rossi's breaking down the gooning of fucking Tyler Hansbro. And I just think that's really funny. Like, what organization would do that? <laughs> They're just like, yeah, we set a hit on this guy and what?
3: It was hilarious watching him break it down on the on the long shot pod with Duncan. That alone earned Duncan his contract for the year. His his <laughs> add the, lob, add the lob, the lob today. The lob, lob was a little there's a little, you know, a little extra he put up there. But the just getting UD to talk about that specific play how he was saying like he was a down man. He was just he's like, I'm gonna get his ass. I don't know when, but I'm gonna get his ass. And he's like, lucky for me, it was the next play. <laughs> and just that like he carries. My, like The weight of Miami is entirely on UD's shoulders, and I've never seen a player wear it better than him and Wade have through their entire course. Yep. Um, I came into the NBA as a fan in 2003. Ironically, it was Wade's rookie year. I didn't know about a man named Udonis Haslam. But uh, um, 20 years later, as I look back, um, everybody knows about a man Udon- named Udonis Haslam. Uh, quick story. Uh, my first day, actually, I used to work at the Heat Arena, for those that you don't know me. My first day there, I was working there and I, I passed by. They have like the championship hallway if you've ever been there. And as I'm passing by, I just happen to sneeze. And coming out of the elevators, you did he's like, Hey, bless you, young man. I was like, <laughs> That's insane. Like what just I just felt <laughs> what a nice guy, bro. Like, I have <laughs> nothing but positive things to say about him. Like he is he's Miami, like through thick and thin. Like, hey man, uh, we'll always have our respect here. I actually grew um I was so he was my, not my neighbor, but my neighbor's neighbor where his like nephew and niece. And he would like come over every now and then I moved a lot. So I, I probably live next to a lot of people, but uh super <laughs> nice person.
1: Incredible. Um, L spicy boy in chat says they're celebrating violence. That's that's exactly what, that's exactly what the heat are doing. And it's really funny. Um, Guy, you know, Frankie, to me, it felt so, it felt so good to see Dwayne there because I think you can't write each other's NBA story without the other. I think they're integral to you know this organization and each other's story. And there's a there's obviously like a lot of love and a brotherhood there that they talk about a lot. And the fact that you know Ud's career started on the floor with Dwayne Wade, and I'm glad that he got to go off with Dwayne, you know, sharing the floor in a way with him, Frankie. That that to me meant a lot, and that that brought the waterworks out, you know, a couple of times yeah. like when Ud put. When when Dwayne put the UD jersey on and stuff,
2: yeah, man, it's uh it's special. Like they're so intertwined. Like uh, part of the special night of uh, Dwayne's last game was the triple double. The last pass being to Udonis for the to get the tenth assist, um, just pick and pop, it's something they've done thousands of times throughout their careers together. Um, and it, it it's just special to have Dwayne there and I'm going to shit on the franchise a little bit more because it is a crime that Dwayne is not officially a part of this franchise. He looks so good on this team, a part of this franchise. You know how the fan base just absolutely adores Dwayne, and he should be here every fucking game sitting with Alonzo and Pat and Andy, and he's not. It's it's a
1: crime. He'd wake Pat up.
3: Yeah,
2: he's,
1: he would keep him awake. He'd, that's He'd
2: that's nudge
3: him. why he's
1: not. He nudge him. He Pat. Wake up, <laughs> Pat. Donovan <laughs> Mitchell's available.
3: Up. Pat, wake up. <laughs> right, it's, like,
2: come on, man.
3: It's truly. Um, I don't know. Whenever he is in the arena, if there's like a whole different energy to the team. Like the team itself just plays complete. I didn't think we we're gonna win this game. I. Know, I mean, I know that the game outcome doesn't matter, but you did drop twenty four today, man. Like. We gotta give a man his flowers. He went out there and he just absolutely he dropped a dominated. Mean 24 too, yeah. A mean 24, and he was. Uh, um, he hit three three pointers today. Uh, he right had four. six in his entire career, and he hit three times as many three pointers as Bam did all season. I'm not here to shit on Bam. I'm just stating the facts as they come. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. I'm
1: reciting <laughs> yeah. statistics.
3: Yeah, I'm just reciting this. Don't don't kill the messenger. No, but it was it was a, a sight to see. Like, like you said, Wade should be here, and U D should be right next to him. Um, leading the the next generation of, you know the the three banners we're gonna hang up in the next sixteen years or whatever it may be.
1: Whatever dynasty Jimmy and Kyle put together.
3: Yeah. Oh um, God.
1: Yeah. Clearly. Um. Yeah, man. It, it was uh, it was a special night. Um. I had tweeted that it was an unusual it was an unusual night afternoon. I should say, it was certainly unusual to watch and and how it felt, and it, it was fitting for such an unusual story like UD's you know going to France. Uh, Coming back to the league and being successful as an undrafted player. No uh, Saying undrafted player has been a pejorative for many uh, this season with with this heat team and funny enough this being his last Um, but but for him, it's truly a triumph of the human spirit hard work determination and and what real passion and love do to I think you do You do something like that for 20 years uh, It's difficult on your body mentally you know sports are are just draining like not just physically but emotionally and to be the emotional leader for nearly two decades is absolutely remarkable and speaks to the respect that he has earned um around the league uh from everybody i mean th- that, those tribute videos those are hall of fame players the best that we've ever seen you know shaquille o'neal Dwayne wade lebron james chris bosh like ray allen You know, Shane Battier, like these are, these are legends of our game that, you know, have won things at the highest level at every level. Mario Chalmers. (laughs) Uh, It's funny because in the video, everybody introduced who they were except for Rio. Like Mm -hmm. even LeBron did. And Mario's just like, yeah, you know, yeah, you know who I am. I'm
3: fucking Mario (laughs) Chalmers. A step further, it's not even just the, the players that played for the Heat, because that's expected, <laughs> but throughout the entire season, we've heard stars yeah. um, jump on other people's podcasts. Did
1: Dame Lillard say something? Yeah, yeah. Damian
3: Lillard, Fred Van Vliet, just to name a couple, talking about Udonis Haslam and what he means. So, like, it's just his his impact is maybe, like, some of us were numb to it just because he's been here because you don't really know what you have till it has gone, but everybody else notices, man, and that's the best that's the best thing he could ask for. That's the best thing we can ask for, as Heat fans. So shout out to you, UD. Uh, hopefully you're next to Pat Riley and you can keep him awake a little yeah, longer. Yeah, exactly.
1: Just nudge him awake. Uh, a <laughs> couple couple things. Shots loving Brian Grant in that video. It was. Yeah. He was. I love Brian Grant with all my heart. Yeah. So love love seeing him. I also forgot that uh, that white chocolate was fifty five as well. Like Duncan, totally <laughs> forgot. It was jarring to watch like this little white man in a corner when they were like playing like old UD highlights. I was like Duncan. Oh, no, it's <laughs> wrong white boy 55. And I could not help but laugh at Rodney Magruder and Derek Jones oh Jr. God. In like a video of like God. all-time fucking great. <laughs> and then the scavenger, Rodney Magruder, like pops up. I was like, whoa. Shout out Derek to Rodney, Jones, bro. Man. Rodney's been on the show. Rodney's a great dude. I love that guy. I liked watching him play. Spo was a fucking sicko for like, okay, Rodney, you're going to guard Kawhi Leonard tonight.
3: Paul George tonight. Paul. Yeah. You got dude, him ejected. Supposed to be ejected.
1: arrested for, for just that. I mean, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm Rodney, I'm suing, but it was Frankie, you're laughing. It was funny. It was hilarious. And I was laughing because Derek Jones is still so
2: soft spoken. I had the fucking volume max. I couldn't hear <laughs> what he was saying. I was like, Can we get subtitles on this shit. Derek. God Yeah. You try talking to him in a, in a, in a loud locker room. You gotta be dude, like, dude, I, I interviewed him at Miami pro and he was, I was right next to him. I couldn't hear him. <laughs> I was like, God damn this guy, you can dunk, but learn to talk too, please. So
1: speak up, speak up. And, and, and uh, corner three, please. Cause you'd be so good. Yeah. because You'd be so good. <laughs>
3: you would and be you so good, good. Derek.
1: If you could dribble more than once, he would
2: still be here. Oh, God. Um, no, but it, it was great. It's just great to see all the love Udonis uh, gets uh, this season. <laughs> Ever since the bubble, I feel like he's gotten a lot more love around the league. Yeah. Um. You know, there were veterans uh, like Kobe, um, KG, all those guys who really played against Prime Udonis really knew what he meant and res- respected him. But the, the younger guys, I feel like they didn't really – Uh, know who he was or how much he met and the voice he carried around the league and and not just to the heat, but uh, around the veteran, uh, like LeBron, Dame, uh, guys like that until the bubble, when all the stuff that was going down, they were, the, the league was wondering whether to continue. The players were uh, deciding if we should, we should forfeit the season and just call it right here. Or should we keep playing? And Udonis was one of the loudest and most respected voices um, there. And he was, you know, a lot of those guys had never even played against you like real NBA minutes. I've never yeah. seen him play in the NBA, like head to head. And he still carry that voice and, and that impact. And, you know, of course he has that voice and impact here. Uh, Rodney Magruder knows to listen to Udonis Haslam, but uh, it, it's nice to get the, the, the love that, uh, you know, he's, he's got, he's been the, the punchline of a lot of uh, tw- uh, he, uh, NBA Twitter throughout yeah. the years, but the, the league knows. And he, and he knows.
1: knows, he even said, In this post game interview with with Will Manso, who uh, by the way, shout out to Will Manso today, absolutely killed it. That's hard to do. That's an important moment. Doing the Dwayne interview courtside and then doing the Udonis interview after, Will killed it. So shout out to shout out to Will Manso.
2: Yeah, shout out to Udonis uh, not adding Nikias directly, but you know, subtweeting him. Yeah,
1: no, (laughs) Nikias. Yeah, I I felt bad for Nikias. timeline looked like it was on fire. Uh, I want to get to you in a second. I do want to say somebody, uh, Callie, you said, did Crowder write the script for the video? He had such (laughs) a massive part. That's so true. (laughs) I
2: was like, why are we getting so much Jay Crowder? That was it, a it lot. Was like, there was an
1: uncomfortable amount of Jay Crowder in that video.
2: It was like the Eastern Conference Finals all over again. Yeah, really? really. <laughs> like, you
1: know, I thought it was, like, really cool that LeBron had a big part in the video and Shaq, yeah. you know what I mean, and, and all that, and Dwayne. And then it's like, why is Jay Crowder, like, the third most used, you know? Why, why does Jay have 10 to 3 three point attempts already? He uses through quarter? the roof. He, yeah, Cali's, like, man, spent, like, half a season here. It wasn't even a full season. Amen.
3: But it was an important season. Bro. <laughs> it was an important season. It was important.
2: <laughs> the guy says, Can we talk about it?
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, he said he's not walking around just drinking coffee. He said he was out there hooping. That was a shot him. at Jimmy. Oh, I, I believe
1: it. You do a jokester, so he had he had to get that one dig on Jimmy. You seen
3: you seen him do the I thought uh I think I'm pretty sure he showed Bam that move that he, he caught it and he did like he went to the dotted area and he did, did yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> the little, I was bro, I was screaming at my TV. And when Bam got him the rocking chair, iconic Bam, oh, Ryan iconic, like, iconic, iconic. Bam. I was
1: waiting for Dion Waiters. All right, Chad, who's the funniest <laughs> key player that could have shown up? Hassan, oh <laughs> Hassan, that would have been so funny. Hassan is not calling it from Puerto Rico, man. Oh my god, was but Hassan doing it in like perfect Spanish, like Puerto Rican <laughs> Spanish, fast as fuck. Oh God! Wow, oh, man, we needed that. How dare yeah? Uh, truly, if, if if anybody is the opposite of Udonis Haslam, it's Hassan
3: Whiteside, hundred percent.
1: Cardianna says McRoberts, uh, McBobbs would have been funny if he, if he, only if he had been doing the the pose the whole time. Uh, Henry Walker also would have been funny. Poltergeist, yeah. Bill, man, shout out to Bill Walker, bro. Bill
3: Walker. Shout out to Bill Walker. Oh,
1: Dexter guy. Pittman might have been funny.
3: I was, that's what I was thinking yeah, too. No, Dexter. Eddie Curry.
1: Eddie Curry. Oh. That's NBA champion Eddie Curry to you. <laughs> <laughs> I was, you know who I was sad Michael Doliak. For? It has to be a blast oh. from the past, bro. Like Michael Doliak. No, I was, I was legitimately sad we didn't get Joel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, the warden.
2: We should have gotten some Joel Anthony.
1: Nakaya says Dexter Pittman for pulling the anti-UD. Uh, <laughs> Chat says Justice Winslow. Actually, Justice, bees. just yeah, Risper says Bees. So like, Justice Bees and Jay Rich. That actually would have made sense because like, you know, Ud was their vet. Like these guys like yeah. drafted and they had success. You know, say what you want about Justice and and Michael Beasley, they've had very successful NBA careers. I mean, they've played. Uh, is, is Justice on year ten? Yeah, I think so. I think this is Justice nine. 10 yeah, dude, yeah. like you have a nine-year NBA. That's a that's a great. Yeah, you know what I mean, like and Josh and who's the second round pick and and Bees, you know, played a, a long time too. Made... Michael Beasley has more NBA Finals minutes than Derrick Rose does. Like you know, <laughs> crazy. I also believe that Michael Beasley has more NBA Finals points than James Harden.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed.
1: probably which is funny uh mario did make an appearance ryan so they did play the longest they did play longer but yeah so just want to give a shout out to ud and, and that special uh game and moment today um yeah chat, yeah a poltergeist which says Winslow and, and j rich make way more sense than D J J and crowder yeah. <laughs> and rodney
2: oh we, we didn't even mention gogi gogi in there oh, oh dope i,
1: I love gogi gogi's a lifer these dudes gogi's a heat player dude yeah gogi's a heat player oh. I love that, that was my
3: that was my favorite player before he came to the Heat. I was I was telling him off air. Steve Nash was my favorite player. He was like his protege, and <laughs> when he came here, I was I was doing backflips. I've never done a backflip in my life, <laughs> except that. But one. But I was doing backflips as soon as we as soon as we got going. I was like, oh yeah, we're we're making it anywhere. He's taking us everywhere. Do you know? I'm here for. it. Do you
1: remember the the Steve Nash black eye game, where he like oh. he gets elbowed in the like, and then his like eyes. Sh- he's, I think mean, Go- Gogi had to like hold it down for a little bit. And I think Gogi had, like, a monster game that series, too.
3: Yeah. He's...
1: I love Steve Nash. Steve yeah, that was a that was game gotta he to love, like,
2: Go on in the second half or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Steve Nash is actually, like, him. Like, I think people, like, talk about Steve Nash being overrated nowadays. Bro, that guy would take over fucking games. Like, it was amazing to watch what he would do as a... Like, when he would like, I'm going to score, that yeah. dude could shoot anywhere on the floor... And everybody on the floor became a threat because of how good he was. And I don't know. I, I think that I even think statistics do him. Don't do him justice. He's he's incredible, but not to, not to yeah. sidetrack into Steve Nash talk. Yeah. But guys, we have a play-in to, to preview heat Hawks. Yes, Let's talk about their offense, kind of where we think this is going to go. This is an interesting series to me uh, of play in game. I don't even know what to call them. It's our first, it's our first time covering the in. So yeah. yeah, pretty exciting Breaking ground. So, I believe in the last 15 games, Miami has the best offense in the league or one of the five best offenses in the league uh, in the last 15 games. Something ridiculous like that. Shocking. Uh, no, they're 12th, but, you know, it's still pretty good. <laughs> I don't know why I read a stat that it, it was – maybe I got. Maybe it's the last five games. I don't know. But it's in comparison to what they used to be. Yeah, the point mean, is, dude.
3: compared to what they used to be, they're top five right now. For I mean, they're top five
1: in my heart. I mean, they're top, their number, They're eighth in the last 10. There you go. Nikai's like, man, started the segment with a lie. Okay. The point <laughs> is their offense lately has been pretty good, which you can't, you could not have said that uh, for much of this season, which is yeah. absolutely pretty shocking, you know, considering how abysmal it's been all season, Maybe. you know, on the year, Miami is uh 25th in offense and they finished the year ninth in defense, miraculously clinching. To holding on for dear life uh, to a top 10 defense. Um, Atlanta, defensively, uh, they've been kind of weird because I think we're used to kind of their offense being super good and their defense uh, being stinky. Uh, so their defense is 22nd, which is super stinky. And I believe their offense is also – oh, no, they're 7th in offense. Okay. So the world is corrected, 7th in offense, 22nd in defense. Frankie, we talked – before the show, how that game on on MLK Day kind of scared us a little bit into this series. I just think that Jimmy is gonna have so many lanes to attack. The guard screening is gonna be huge for Miami. You know, Tyler, Kyle, uh all the whoever Trey Young is guarding. And I just think naturally in a game that matters, you can spam that and it's really it becomes incredibly difficult for Atlanta to to get out of those actions and I kind of think that's the nail in their coffin for series that matter I think you saw it in the playoffs we're going to talk tomorrow with Siobhan and Tiff and Kenny about how what they're going to do on defense but on offense that's just so it's so easy it's so low turnover and with the way Jimmy's playing I I just really think that's where this that's where this game starts and ends
2: well it's it's funny. I I you know, we talked about the MLK game and how it's it scares us to, to not, not be overconfident for this game, but the most recent matchup with uh the they had the them on the back to back and they beat them both times. Uh the first game they really like dismantled Trey and DeJounte. They combine just a refresher, they combined in the first game of the back to back five for twenty five shooting with seven turnovers and nineteen eighteen points between them. And Jimmy only had 15 points in this first game. Uh, <laughs> like they completely dismantled those two and they won by eight. It was just what they did to the head of the snake there. Just how they shut off the water there uh, makes me confident against them. But yeah, offensively th- there's so many attack points and pressure points for uh, Bam and Jimmy to go off. Uh, in this matchup, Bam had 30 points on 10 of 12 shooting. Was a plus 16, 30, 11, 5, 2 and 1 on t- and two turnovers. Like he was phenomenal. Got the line 12 times. The, like, and then the next game, Jimmy goes off. There, they they have the advantages and and the pressure to pressure Tyler and Gabe. And and we we saw Tyler struggle last year in the matchup uh, against the Hedges and and the shows and the screen. And um, you know he's gonna have to roll up this series, this game and and face that and man up and take care of the basketball and, and most importantly, move without the basketball once he gives it up. Uh, but there's a lot of opportunity for them to attack the gaps, put pressure on them. We saw uh, last game against the, the Sixers, um, you know, they've really gotten comfortable Attacking the double teams and I, I expect to see BAM get doubles Jimmy to get doubled and force the, the role players to make plays And they've gotten better about moving without the basketball BAM uh, can, you know, obviously is a great passer Jimmy, too They can make those reads make those plays play make they like to play making the post a lot more now uh, Post entry screen away and, and make the read there they can kick it and and flip the the ball to the other side and, and run some action on that side but you're gonna have Trey Young on the floor for 36 plus minutes a game, uh, for 36 or more for this game. There's a, always going to be somewhere to attack, and we saw how much Jimmy fucking hunted this guy last year. I'm excited to see it. I, I I'm very confident offensively for this matchup.
1: And and you can I mean you don't always have to even use him in a screening action. I mean you can manipulate where help comes from you know, nope. by having his man in, in the, the corner. Yeah. Well, you know, wherever, wherever Atlanta is supposed to, to to rotate as a low man or whatever, you know, you, you can get him as a help guy, which, you know, for, for a guy like Jimmy, that is, that is little to no resistance. So, uh, he, he provides, I think the easiest and the most sensible kind of, um, scoring opportunities. Lou, let's talk about how Atlanta can counter that. Cause I do think that that's something that we also have to talk about. So imagine they hedge, you know, the obvious answer is hedge really hard, right? And then have whoever, whether it's Hunter, probably Hunter, uh, spending a lot of time on Jimmy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do think that there's a there's a world where we see a guy like Capella defend Jimmy. And I think that that's kind of the nuclear option, I think, for Atlanta, where, you know, and then you can kind of like really hedge trade recover. Uh, I always think back to like Embiid guarding Jimmy in that regular season game last year. I think the Anthony mm-hmm. Davis defending Jimmy in the finals against the Lakers. And those were just very, very effective ways to kind of slow him down. I think that he's evolved past that. I think he's yeah. solved kind of that size element. But if I'm Atlanta, I at least make him try to solve that. It Not that it's the best option because then now you, you open seams for Bam to do yeah. things. But I do think if it comes late game, it's certainly something that I, I, I imagine – should at least get talked about on their end, but you know, how do you see Atlanta kind of dealing with? You know, they could they could also double. I don't know. How do you feel like they're gonna they're gonna try to deal with with those uh, guard screens?
3: So I have a, a very different. Um, so I I think Atlanta like if I'm if I'm Atlanta just speaking from that perspective, I think you kind of um, you want to kind of throw some things at Jimmy and Bam, but I think you really just want to stop them from shooting threes, and just kind of not not them. In I'm talking about the Heat team in general. Uh, so like stopping Tyler and specifically and, and you know, some of their role players from going and just kind of letting Capella sit in the paint. Honestly, like like you said, whether that's on Jimmy or whether that's on BAM, it's going to come down to can the heat force him um, to have to make decisions between, you know, guarding the rim or guarding BAM at that, you know, like 10, 14 foot jump shot spot or, you know, on the on the short rows and things like that. So I'm curious to see how they're going to deploy because I don't think they have any one person. That can guard Jimmy. I don't think that's something that even though DeAndre Hunter is very good. Um, I don't think he's smart enough. I think Jimmy's smarter than him. Like he can manipulate him a little bit, get him to get some foul calls, because he's played them uh this season, he's averaging, I believe, nine, nine free throws a game against this team. He's played three games, he has twenty-seven free throws. That that's kind of that that's kind of like the the effect of them not having anybody in particular to guard Jimmy. Whether it's him, I mean, I know that they got Sadiq Bay now, but he's he's not really any level of defender. He's just somebody who's a, who's a body essentially, and Collins as well. Um, Damn, Robson. Yeah, so I, I don't really I don't really know what Atlanta's gonna do here. Uh, I expect a lot of trapping and and them having to be communicating and stuff. But like you said, they're they're gonna have Trey Young on the floor for 36 minutes roughly. <laughs> that that's got to be a scene where we're gonna attack consistently, and I think. Tyler specifically, he's struggled against his Atlanta team uh, throughout this entire season. He's only averaging 15 points on like 36% shooting and 21 from three. Um, We need to see him kind of figure something out. Uh, By that, I mean, whether it's DeJounte on him because during the last couple matchups, they were even throwing some Trey Young on him and he wasn't really getting to his spots. Like he was doing a lot of- Trey played that matchup.
1: Like he took his quotes on the podcast very personally. That's how I experienced that
3: absolutely it was it was, re- and, he was and it's playing good defense i was like where did this come yeah. from and it's frustrating because i'm like tyler just get by him like like not get by him but you know like hold him at bay i think you gotta be it. physical
1: if he does that yeah he, he's not strong enough to
3: that's and that that was my my that's where i was gonna go with tyler he needs to lean into this team physically i know he's not the most physical guy um last year you talked about him struggling uh last year they had a, a lot of uh, right on him uh, Delon Wright. This yeah. year, they have Dejounte Murray, who's a similarly built player. Obviously, not the same. Those player. are just
1: tough matches. That's a lot of size,
3: yeah. a lot of length.
1: That's what bothers him, which yeah. is why, like, I worry for him in, in kind of these very wing heavy series.
3: Yeah, and and he sh- he he needs to get some something going to help clear the lane for these guys like Jimmy and Bam and stuff like that because. um I, I like our chances. I'll be very honest. I like our chances with um, us against the attacking their defense, specifically with um, Collins and Hunter on the floor. Because I think if we're going to play Struz, which is what I imagine Struz is going to be starting, I don't think Hunter or Collins are going to be very comfortable guarding. Like, you know, it's going to be like a pick your poison type of thing because yeah. uh, the spacing that Struz creates is more space for Jimmy to attack. And if you put Collins on him, he's not as good of a defender as Hunter.
0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: If I'm Atlanta, Frankie, I, I just bail out on Max and, and guys like <laughs> that. I'm not even joking. Like I, I think Jimmy's been so good that you know you cannot let him get easy baskets. They cannot let him get to the free throw line because that just. I think the other thing about Atlanta is you know they want to play a, at their tempo. They want Trey Young out in space. They want Trey to control the game. That's when they're at their best. And I think if Jimmy's taking a bunch of free throws, that obviously kind of like drags the game into their, into Miami's mud, which you want. Let's heat set their defense, which their transition defense has been. Uh, Frankie, I, I know that you've not been happy with what you see out of it. So, it's been trash. Yeah, so, you know, if, as long as, um, you know, the, I think the free throws are huge too. So if you're Atlanta, I'm like, you know, you may not want, you may have to just send a bunch of help. I kind of like how Miami does it. You, you load up. And you might to make sure that, okay, well, well Jimmy's going to see three, four bodies every time he turns a corner on a pick and roll. And those bodies have to be, you know, maybe you want Capella as a help guy, plus whoever else is coming from the weak side or Struces, man.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think what they would do, I, I'm if I'm them, I'm making uh, Max and Gabe beat me in the starters. Uh, yep. we're, I'm assuming Mac they're, they're going to be the other two because yeah. uh, that's how they finish the season with. And they've been playing well with them um but you know i'm trying to i'm gonna double jimmy and, and bam i'm going to pre- double them from different sides i'm gonna pressure tyler um and make the other guys make plays and and those t- uh, you know gabe and max shout out to them they've been playing very strongly especially gabe as a starter i, I just looked something up um and I'll, I'll talk about Gabe more but just a quick thing gabe as a starter has a higher true shooting percentage than tyler has for the season and that you know, yeah. I think it's around league average, if I'm uh remembering. The league average, I think, was like 55 percent 56%. They're both around, uh, Gabe's at 56.9, Tyler's at 56.6, according to basketball reference. Well, there we go. So, so, Gabe's been pretty solid as a starter. Um, and you know, they're obviously going to count on Gabe's defense. Um, but Gabe's uh, dribble penetration when he has um, his best games, it's usually starts with. Attacking, you know, t- taking advantage of the lanes, c- creating pressure, finding Bam uh, inside, uh, kicking out, playmaking, and then going to his step back. Um, it's going to be a big game for for him to make plays um, off off the, the bounce and and look for his uh, cutters, his roll man, and um, and you know, swinging the ball around. It's really important that this game, you know, in a one-game sample size, you can't you can't boggle down into. Uh the little things here if your shots not falling you you still have to create pressure You still have to do what you're supposed to do and and trust the process there. Yeah. um, you know He's done a really good job. I, I trust his decision making Uh for the most part and uh, I think he's gonna have a good game, uh in this matchup
1: I think so too. I mean I, I'm i'm worried about their shooting it just in general shout out to what fix said in chat, subscribing at Prime. 13 months, baby. It's a little over a year. Congratulations. Happy a year and month anniversary. Uh He says UD, <laughs> 2023 finals MVP. So we haven't talked enough about the UD element of this, you know, the UD wild card as a <laughs> new perfect starting four. Judge yeah, four, for Perfect sure. four next to Bam. Been saying it for years. <laughs> their shooting is going to be pretty critical to, to their success in general. And I think last year you kind of saw what this matchup looks like uh when they shoot the ball well. Um, I don't yep. I I'd, I'd be surprised but if Duncan, Duncan gets minutes. Um, I think they kind of decided on their playoff rotation and he doesn't seem to be in it. Um, although they do play a lot of drop with Capella and Collins, and I think that there's some room for there's something there that I would you know, obviously a one game sample is different than a series. I would like to see Duncan get a little stint. And kind of see what they can get off of a Bam handoff, and get one of these guys and drop. I think that that, especially a guy like Duncan, who's so ignitable. You know, you you could just he can win you a game. You know, he's that good a he, shooter.
3: He did last year against his did, team. Yeah,
1: I mean they, they really just bombarded them, but you know, especially in a in a one game sample, I think that could. I don't think he'll play, but certainly, I'm always a fan of of getting bigs who who drop in in handoffs because it's just always been successful for Miami and i think it's the most i think it's the most realistic way to get some like consistent shooting going is attacking a drop with handoffs for these kind of movement shooters
3: yeah so so i will i will add to you know something that you're talking about essentially is just spacing the floor with uh kevin love i think his minutes are going to be huge uh, obviously defensively we know the questions like we know what they're going to do defensively they're going to play zone but i'm talking about offensively um uh, the Hawks are a team that's going to play either um, a kongbu or a Capella, basically the 48 minutes of the game. Two rim protecting bigs, you know what they're there for. Um, when we have Love out there, I'm curious to see can we attack. Obviously, they're not the best at closing out, especially Capella compared. You know, they're both very good defenders. I'm I'm not here, but you know, it's out of their element essentially. So I'm curious as with Love out the game, are we going to see some more Jimmy, or are we just going to completely space the floor out and just? Make them make them guard somebody because um, throughout this entire season, we played the Hawks four times. We're averaging 29 assists, which is phenomenal. Our ball movement has been there against this team. Obviously, the shot making, you know, so so uh, specifically <laughs> from three, story of the season. Yeah, 30, 35.9 percent. I guess that's better than than what we've been shooting for the year. But um, just just in general, like the the ability for us to, like you said, when the double comes, to swing the ball to get to the open player and having love out there, I think it's just gonna create some more space that we haven't had. Because um, one of these matchups we had the mechanic out there, and the yeah. other one we had Orlando Robinson. No shade to Orlando Robinson, all shade to the mechanic. But
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> did you see that he yeah. was like a plus fourteen or something today?
2: What a point. I don't what care. A, what a point favor, <laughs> <shaver>, dude. <laughs> now he's care. like now he's like a minus a <laughs> thousand. Yeah,
1: exactly.
3: That brings him down to a minus five hundred for the year on Thirty-seven minutes played. Lovely.
1: <laughs> Fuck that guy. Absolutely love it. So, um,
2: And and one more thing, G. You talked about um, them potentially like doing capella um, on Jimmy to like kind of slow him down. Um, and uh, you know that's another opportunity to really take advantage of the DHOs. And uh, we saw that uh, in the in the bubble run when they when Anthony Davis guarded uh, Jimmy and they started. You know, letting him drop. All right, you're gonna drop now. Duncan's gonna have a, a better screener right here, and and Jimmy's got that role. Had a steam if they if Duncan if uh, AD shades over and he can get that angle. And you know, Jimmy's great at getting to the line. Um, and then if, if you try to hide somebody, uh, you put you put Gabe. Uh, you know, Trey on Gabe. All right, now you're gonna uh, invite Jimmy to get that DHO. Get uh, try to get that switch on Trey get trey involved get involved in the action he's gonna pick up some ticky tack fouls right there um it's just you know atlanta i i like the move for Dejounte. like um coach lou said uh that you know getting uh dejante is a, is a better version of delon right yeah. and i could see him giving like tyler some fix but i i just don't see DeAndre is a big long defender but he's only 220 and Jimmy is a lot stronger than him, so he doesn't have the weight. He barely has the height over him, uh, so I, I really don't see how they have an answer for Jimmy or Bam.
1: So Atlanta is a team that they give up a ton at the rim. They are fourth <laughs> in most uh, in in, in uh, offensive and defensive rim like rate like of opponent. You know what I mean? Like they, they allow the the fourth most. Uh, in the league and they don't allow a lot of threes. Right. So they, they stay home on their shooters. Right. So we talked up, you know, you mentioned in Kevin Love. You know, that's huge, especially if you can get kind of Capella out of an action. Right. If, yeah. if you're staying home, uh, if you're coached to stay home on your shooters, you know, that kind of changes the dynamic a bit. Although t uh, that when you're talking about love, I think that's an interesting time to experiment with Capella on Jimmy, because I don't think love yeah. is hurting you too bad offensively in other ways. Um, He may shoot, he may get a post up here or now, but they're not going to use him as a hub. And I just think if you get the ball out of Jimmy's hands, uh, you know, and let Kevin Love beat you, then I, I think that's a win. So I, I, that's a hundred percent. That's an interesting wrinkle that I don't think we're going to see. Um, But it's just certainly, I always think about kind of how these bigs, you know, have defended Jimmy in the past. And it's always on the back of my mind when they, when they play a team with one of these like very, uh, and, and Capella can move. He's not, he's not, he's not a statue, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know he can move, so that's interesting. But the fact that they allow so much at the rim, you know, that's that's where Miami's gonna feast. And I think Tyler has chances to break free. I think depending on where his jump shot is, and I think you see in some matchups like a Boston matchup or like um like the like Raptors, right? Like these weird teams that you kind of look at them that are very long and switch heavy that he struggles against. But the days he has his jump shot going. He's very good at manipulating and leveraging space. I think that he's so good at kind of screen navigation on offense as well that, you know, he's going to be able to create enough space that he can be a threat as a jump shooter and when they overplay that is when he can kind of get to his spots on the floor, you know, closer to the basket. So that's I think his formula for success um and that's really predicated on the jump shot and, you know, trying to shake that size that gets on him.
3: Yeah, I think also we're gonna see a lot of Gabe screening, specifically if he's the guy who has uh, Trey Young on him. Yeah. he's been doing a, a heck of a job screening lately. I, I feel like he's like Sposha's like favorite like I don't know how to I don't know like puppet or something like he go do this and J- Gibbs like here I go, bro. Spol- Guard 97 has that... feet. He's like all right, I'll start out of bounds. He, he just like, wants Gabes to get his steps in. Yeah, 100. <laughs> and he and shout out to get Ga- because he does he do, he like he's not the perfect player, but you know he always plays not to you. <laughs> Not to no, man, I've said it before, oh, man. As soon as I type in N on my phone, nomdi comes out in capital letters. I'll keep saying <laughs> it. He's I love him. You, but, you and Shabon. Uh, yeah. So his his ability to screen bigger players, as we've seen recently, um, should open and specifically if Trey's on him, like I said, should open spaces for Jimmy to post up on Trey for Bam to catch, you know, somewhere near the the block with Trey on him as opposed to Capella. And should create shots for Gabe as as well as others just just his ability to create crevices th- through him screening bigger players. So I'm, i like like we've stated like Gabe should be huge not just offensively obviously defensively because of what he brings to stop Trey. So he should get a lot of minutes. I'm ex- I'm excited for Gabe man.
1: Shout out to the Hawks by the way. 116th adjusted offensive rating, 116 adjusted defensive rating. The most mid team on earth continues.
3: Then they finished 41 and 41 Forty one and
1: 41 baby the Atlanta. That's awesome
3: They've been within one game of 500 that for streak like 80 broke. days that streak broke Oh, No
1: against yeah They won they went two games over 500, but then they lost two. <laughs> so we're back. We're <laughs> back in the They're zone <laughs>
2: That's so funny.
1: Miami is locked in for the 18th pick in the draft I don't know if y'all knew that so name is Zay says that so that's that means they won the coin flip, right? That that was a good scenario on their coin flip. I don't flip. know
2: if they... Was that announced? Because I know they tied with uh, the Clippers and Golden State. I think the tiebreaker is going to be this
1: week. That is not OKC's pick, Cal. That is our pick. OKC's pick is the 20... One of the few. Yeah. Uh, it's next year's pick. Is Oklahoma City. Drafty. Draft, beat. And draft beat. So, important there. Or is it 2025 pick? That's the Thunder pick. No, that's our pick. 2025, that's our
3: pick. I think 2024 is the Thunders. But yeah. I think it's like protected weirdly.
1: Most of them I was like, what if they- I'm not, I'm not even talking about how these picks are, are being conveyed. Uh, <laughs> so don't even, I'm not, I'm just reading what name is. They said, I probably should verify that. So don't ask me. I'm not saying shit. I don't want to give you guys bad information. Uh, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I, I care more about this basketball, not where their pick lands, but I'm sure some, I'm sure, I'm sure Anthony Chang will let us know eventually. I'll uh, we'll, yeah, we'll find cool. out on draft night. Um, <laughs> 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 That's when I'll learn. Uh, guys. So, let's so I, we haven't talked about bam yet who i think is obviously very important we've talked jimmy we've talked some tyler bam you know arguably their best or second well i think their second best player um especially on offense yeah huge for them um has been so much better at this season dealing with size we talk about a guy like capella uh who's a very physical big uh very strong very long that's historically kind of been Bam's problems frankie I think his synergy in the pick and roll with Kyle since he's come back has been sp- splendous. splendid, splendid, <laughs> splendid, stupendous. Um, it's been very good. Sure. I I think Jimmy as well. Uh, yeah. Recently, after you know Twitter got mad at at uh, at Jimmy for being better with Zeller, uh, you know we kind of saw against the Mavs kind of how that looks with that. So I think that's huge for Miami to kind of get him going downhill. I don't think this is a series for him to kind of face up and do the bam things. I do think it's a great series for him to be a role man, um, especially getting kind of you know Trey Young in the pick and roll. You know if you're Tyler or or, um, or Lowry, who, whoever he's guarding, they could get him in the pick and roll, kind of force a little bit of overhelp, kind of slip those screens, you know, get going downhill, get your shooters involved off the short roll. Uh, I think that's really his role this this on offense this series this playing game i keep oh, playing this the series, the series this <laughs> i know dude this is
2: weird i'm not used to this this it's, is weird no nah, this
3: is yeah. this is new ground
2: yeah definitely no but it's uh it's definitely an, an important game for him to kind of establish himself uh you know reestablish himself as a playoff performer um he has he's gonna have the pockets of Wu did a pretty decent job he's 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 one of the more physicals. He's kind of built like a wing. He can move laterally pretty well. And that's where, uh, that, like, you know, you talked about the bigger guys who can just drop back and, and make bam shoot over length. Uh, but he's kind of a guy who, who's got the long arms. He's got the wingspan, but he's got, also got the athleticism and the strength to kind of keep him in front. Uh, we remember in the bubble OG when they put OG on him yeah. and, and they could switch to DHOs that, that kind of nullified that offense. Um, but it, you know, w- historically, when they put a, ba- a, a wing on him, they they kind of invite that post up game, um, and and they can just switch and kind of, you know, s- uh, stiffen up the offense there because they you know the Heat don't really have besides Jimmy they don't really have a guard uh, or a, a point um, you know ball handler that can really attack and, and make it take advantage of uh, mismatches. Um, so he's got to be a a big focal point of this. Uh, you talked about the roles it though you know if they do the manipulation where they get tie, um trey on the weak side it, it's going to be advantageous to get him the ball uh we've seen a lot of times on the rolls though the guards seem to settle for their mid-range pull-up instead of like for getting to the rim you got a two-on-one don't pull up don't shoot the floater get to the rim or throw the lob like that's what it needs to be more of and oftentimes they settled a little bit too much, and that's mostly Gabe and Tyler yeah. um, needing to do a better job there, head of steam, be aggressive. Uh, Tyler, to his credit, though, last couple games, he has been a little bit more um, aggressive going to the rim, going, getting, to, being physical, attacking the drives in the Philly game was really good. Uh, I love that. I just need to see more of the, the, the better decision-making. Don't predetermine uh, your reads. Bam needs to do a good job doing that too. Uh, making aggressive decisions ma- reading the defense don't say hey, I'm gonna show I'm gonna shoot this time I'm gonna pass this time. It's got to be I got to read be aggressive move quick and I got I gotta pass when the the uh, Shot is open for my teammate not a beat later when the defense has already recovered And that's where the growth needs to come for BAM and Tyler
3: Luke I No, I agree with most of everything Frankie said um <laughs> Most, yeah, most of everything. most, <laughs> most of everything. No, uh, I'm just saying. Uh, I I do think this is a like he, like he was stating. Bam, Bam screening is going to be huge in this game. Um, specifically for Tyler and for Jimmy. Um, just getting Dejounte off of Tyler, so he can breathe a little bit is going to be critical for the Heat and for Bam specifically and Tyler to get you know obviously to help this offense move along when Jimmy's not in the game, and just his um. Like are G you said, worried if like, they switch that? No, not, no. Are we
1: are are we past that phase of Bam, where like him switching doesn't?
3: No, Dejounte is too little, in my opinion. He should not be. I I, I, be
1: I agree. I'm just I'm just put. I'm just asking the yeah. questions. No, yeah. My I, only concern uh, is if where did they get him the
2: ball? Like if they switch that, like if are you gonna post up Bam or if or ask or if you're asking him to, to dribble over? Uh, and, it'd be and like and a perimeter ball, action. Yeah, like it, it's got, you got to get him, let him initiate inside and, and clear out. Yeah. Uh, and that's where you could take advantage. If you're asking, just because he's got a smaller guy on him, doesn't mean that Bam's going to
1: dribble past a smaller guy.
2: Or, no, or, he
3: should be looking for sealouts.
1: I will say, though, guys, about Bam, the, he's looked his best against the Hawks in that second half of that MLK day when he was flying down the court. They were schmooving. Like the heat, the heat was moving and he looked incredible. He was beating every Hawk down the floor. They were playing at the pace that he wanted to play at. Uh, I, I think that's had his best against the Hawks, uh, which was the total reverse of how, you know, Atlanta kind of got too cute um, with how they were playing that half. But regardless, like I, I just think that that's like the most optimized, you know, uh, in, including all the kind of, we talked about the, the, the slipping of screens and, and all that. and, and Kind of how he could get to that backline help off off you know short rolls and stuff like that, but you know him him moving and then playing with a little bit more pace I think is important for him.
3: Yeah, him adjusting yeah, to the matchup is huge. Hey, shout like out like to you Frankie!
1: Said... Subscribe to Tier One <laughs> for twelve months.
3: Shout out Frankie, one hundred percent. No, but him adjusting to Kongu and Capella because because they're you know similarly built, but they don't play the same way. They're both more mobile, but Capella still kind of like covers at the rim a little bit more than a Kong Wu. So it's just um, him being able to adjust and (laughs) kind of getting the ball in that scenario. Bless you as well. Getting the ball in that scenario as well, you know, getting the passers, (laughs) getting the passes in from Jimmy, et cetera.
2: Yeah, and and Bam getting to the line is really important in this matchup um yeah, for the season he shot 26 free throws in the four games against atlanta he had a true shooting percentage of 68.6 percent, averaged 24.5 and nine and a half in forces like he was just dominant against this matchup uh and i we need to see we need to see it uh one more time
3: <laughs>
1: just one more time i mean guys i'm not <clears throat> i'm not particularly nervous maybe i should be because this team is super <laughs> jekyll and hyde but i'm not i'm not too concerned with them they should win this game. They're a better team than Atlanta. Um, I think on offense, Atlanta provides them a unique opportunity to actually score. Yeah, um, get and the we've ball seen rolling. them be successful against the Hawks at various points in the season in terms of kind of getting getting the ball uh, through the basket. You know, before we go, let's go through a couple of our um, a couple of our X factors um, for this matchup on offense. And I'll, I'll go first with. You guessed it, Frank Stallone, yeah. uh, Kyle Lowry. Shout out to the deuces. Um, obviously, you know everybody knows he's my guy and all that. Yeah, blah blah blah. What he, you know, what he provides them in pick and roll with Bam, I think is really important. I think his play with the bench unit has been good. He has been a much more willing shooter lately, which is so Kyle to like ramp it up now. I mean, he's coming off of screens and firing, which I think is important. For, for his and the team's success, I think that he doesn't help anybody by being passive. I think he needs to be aggressive. And if you go one for five from three, then you go one for five from three. But I think it's important that he takes those, um, you know, when they're open and so that he keeps the offense moving. And I've seen him do that. And again, you know, they're going to be playing a drop, uh, you know, with their bigs, right, Collins and, and Okongu and um, and Capella. And I I. I find that to be kind of a a place where he can be successful coming off those screens and shooting, especially from the wings. He's very good at that kind of stepping into that three. Um, His mid range has been very good this season as well. And I think that again, a guy like Trey young, you know, if they get matched up against each other, which I don't think that, I don't think that Trey will be guarding Kyle very often. Um, But in in kind of scramble situations or, or, you know, you get him in a switch, you know, that's a, you know, Kyle is a brick. Uh, as we all yeah. know even even a bigs they don't he don't go anywhere when they try to post them up and you know he he can kind of get him under the basket you know Kyle's in a little bit of underrated post game his mid-range shot that little turnaround in the paint uh has been very reliable and I think that he has a strength factor as well that he he gets to go downhill and he'll be able to kind of i've I've liked what I've seen the last like 10 15 games where he's like looking for contact, going downhill, finishing through the contact. He's a strong guy, obviously has a lot of mass. And (laughs) I think think he's important. I think he's important to their success. He's certainly – he plus probably I think any shooter are their like easiest, most realistic ticket to being like a good team again, like a legit good team. Uh, If he plays at a level that I think he's capable of – And I I think he's huge. I think he's huge in this series and and in general for their success. I think if he plays well and if he kind of does the things that you know that he can provide, like their their ball movement has been so good lately. And I really – I don't think it's coincidence that this started when he came back. We lamented early in the season how it wasn't – Frank, you remember we had this conversation. It's like it wasn't the bad shooting numbers that were like inexcusable. It was the no, it was the low assist numbers. It's like you are not yeah. playmaking, and you were literally brought to playmake. You were not brought to score, despite what many fans wanted out of you. That's not what you're here for. You were here to playmake and ball handle, and he was not doing that. Um, yeah. So th- I feel like they've gotten that leveled out of production from him. Um, you know, these last 15 games or so. And I think that is is why the offense looks suddenly fixed.
3: Yeah, Spostra, I think getting Kyle to buy in, because I feel like during that stretch, I felt like he was being asked more and more to be a spot-up shooter and less and less to be a playmaker. So I think getting Kyle to buy back into just, like, the bench unit is yours to make, Like, go and do your thing has been crucial for this offense to, you know, not just stay afloat, but, like, be very good as of late. With Kyle coming off that bench, so I I look forward to that again. If, if he can if he can control the pace against Trey or Dejounte, whichever one of them is in the game, if if he can control the pace against them, I think like I like I love the pick. I basically love Kyle being the extra.
1: I think I think if Kyle demands Dejounte to guard him, that's such a. Oh positive like if he's like killing them and like they have to be like all right DeJounte go get him that's gonna help Tyler so much and I think that'll compound for him because I think it's it'd be kind of rough if like your first like postseason quote-unquote you know you're not playing too well and then you get you know your reward is the wing defenders of the Boston Celtics I think that for him to get in a groove early is important so and I think Kyle is the guy that can help him get there
2: yeah, for sure, and and uh, you know you talked about Kyle's playmaking, but uh, it's more of the ball movement. When the Heat is really peaking offensively, they had so many turnover issues uh, offensively when he was um, out for that extended period of time. They just couldn't take care of the basketball. They were so sloppy with every little thing. They couldn't they couldn't pass. They couldn't catch. They couldn't uh, cut. They couldn't space. They they just were vomiting on and shooting themselves in the foot at the same time.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they were and, a point guard short, essentially. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But it, it was also a mentality that they were kind of missing. Um, And and they've had games where uh, a few games throughout the season where in the, the, the most recent Atlanta matchup was one of them where they've had almost a three to one turnover, uh, assistive turnover ratio. And that's what I want to see. Like low, you know, 30 assists, 10 turnovers. That's, that's a great heat offensive night. I don't care what the, sh- the rest of the shooting is that i that needs to be the standard i think jimmy and kyle
1: 3-1. just generally having these incredibly low turnover high assist games recently is Crucial. so huge yeah cuz okay. they are not good enough on offense to be giving away possessions and their right. defense has slipped to the point that you cannot be giving teams live ball like live ball turnovers
2: right no but i think it also comes into the fact that jimmy hasn't been as ball dominant in the recent games uh, because when Jimmy was going through his amazing stretch, he you know, the Heat were scoring, but it wasn't really, I, I never really felt like it was going to be something they could rely on. To, like, yeah. the, there wasn't showing me enough, like, consistent play that they could rely on. Like, it it, it wasn't going to be Jimmy's could score 45 every game. Like, I, that's not realistic. Yeah,
3: it was the Jimmy Heat, not the Miami Heat, exactly. essentially. A exactly. lot of hero ball, which is cool. Exactly.
2: But, but he plays with. There's so many rhythm players on this team, like Tyler, Gabe, Max, Bam. Those guys are all rhythm players. They need to touch the ball. And when Jimmy is going uh, matchup hunting, uh, ex- an extensive amount. Yeah, it's great that he scored 45. No one else is touching the ball. And now he, when they're doubling Jimmy, he's got to kick it out. They're they're cold. They're ice cold. The, the ball's been moving better. Jimmy hasn't been scoring as much.
1: You but mean the Lu- you mean the Luca?
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, and the the harden the Trey Young. And the, yeah, exactly. But the, you know, when when Kyle came back and he started uh, bringing the energy, the ball swinging, the ball moving side to side, inside out, like that's when the offense started flowing. Guys, everybody started playing better. Every, you know, you have games where you got six guys in double digits, and, yep. and instead of just Jimmy, Frankie, and that's you know consistent. what it's been.
1: I I can believe in that team. They and it just kind of came together when you said that. Kyle brings us an energy that I think they haven't had on their bench since Tyler left it. And I think mm-hmm. that kind of made their team make sense. I do think Kyle Lowry's better than Gabe Vincent, but I do think it makes sense for him to come off the bench because yeah. he does, he does bring an energy and a zip and a fire. And, uh, I think that that's, I think that they need that. And I, I think it's proven that it works.
3: Yeah. 100%. I, a million
1: says God damn, They're still going G. Let these people spend time with their families. No, they're gonna talk <laughs> Kyle Lowry with me on Easter <laughs> This is how I win uh, I want to get to y'all's, uh, you know y'all's x-factor. So let's go. Let's go Frankie then Lou Frankie So I went with Kyle who are you going with this kind of your your x-factor on offense in this in this uh, play-in game
2: um, I'm gonna go with Gabe. Uh, I think you know, he's definitely gonna earn he's definitely earned his minutes defensively against Trey But him being able, you know, they're gonna try to hide Trey on on Gabe most likely in, in the starting lineup It's gonna be Gabe or max um, him being able to be aggressive attack the paint the As ball. a screener as Lou kind of pointed a screener, out earlier yeah. for, uh, You know those I love 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 those plays where Gabe's setting a cross screen for BAM or Jimmy in the post and forcing the switch uh, yep. forcing the, 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 the guard to show you know you do that with with trey guarding you and and ba- and he's got to help on bam and and jimmy like you're going to create a lot of and one opportunities or, or you know trey's going to just be avoiding fouls and that's you know his screen game uh has improved immensely he's a fucking headhunter on that end um, and, and Tyler too, Tyler, to his credit, he's, he used to get so skinny on screens. Like he did not want to set a screen, did not want to get any contact. He's got a way wider base. He's taken more pride into it and shout out to him. He's improved on that, um, t- skill set, uh, a ton. But uh, you know, Gabe has a you know a little bit more strength, a little bit wider base. He gets since he's 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 smaller, he, he gets yeah. a little wider, and it's a little bit more annoying. You know, you're set, he's setting screens on on bigs, and he's hitting them in the waist, and, and they got to get low and get around him. Um, but if he if he's got a good screen game this game, uh, you know, be aggressive, move the ball. Um, if if he gives us twelve and five and uh, good de- really good defense on Trey, be pesky. And annoying. he knows how to guard Trey, um, I, th- I think that he win this one.
1: So uh, I think this is a great segue. Somebody in chat asked, um, Callie, you said, who's getting more minutes, uh, Gabe <laughs> or Kyle?
2: Oh, Poltergo says tree stump screens. I love that. That's, that's really totally good. good. Um, I think uh, that's a great question. I think it's going to be probably a little bit more Kyle. Um, well, in the playoffs overall, probably Kyle. Uh, just because both tends to lean veterans in my opinion.
1: Yeah. Um, him and him and I mean him and Pat are, are very veteran pilled.
3: I think this is a matchup where they can both play together. I, I don't think it has to be necessarily I, one a, or the other. That's a
1: great point. That's a great point. Like
3: uh I love Gabe, especially when Kyle's on the floor. Mm-hmm. It allows Gabe to just be well he is. He's a secondary playmaker who's forced to play point guard sometimes. And um, you know, I don't think I don't think this is a matchup where like you said I feel comfortable Kyle guarding up. So I think Gabe and Kyle can can share some minutes on the floor. But I, I do think they're both around 26, 27 minutes. Maybe if one of them, you know, catches fire 30, 32. But 26-27. It's kind of my guess.
1: Lou, who do you, who's your X factor?
3: Oh man, it, it's got to be it's got to be my guy, man. It's got to be Caleb. Uh and obviously Ooh, defensively, Spice. Yeah, yeah. K- defensively, we know we know what Caleb's going to bring defensively, uh, especially against Trey um, and against DeJounte. I'm talking about offensively, his ability to provide. First of all, against against the Hawks this year, he's averaging 16 points a game. Word? Uh, yeah, so four Let's games. Let's go Caleb. Yeah, 15.8 <laughs> points a game. He's their third leading scorer, a whole point above Tyler, and he's shooting 64% from the field. Uh, Caleb strikes me and he's always struck me as a guy who he lets his defense feed into his offense. The more into it he is defensively, I feel like the better he shoots. I don't know. He he just carries like he's not an offensive player who carries the energy defensively. He's kind of the opposite. So Caleb getting out in transition, Caleb slashing to the basket, um, providing rim pressure when Jimmy isn't on the floor, I think is going to be a very big thing. And I think that's something he can do specifically when Kevin Love is on the floor. That's kind of where, where I was leading with the Kevin Love lineup. Um, you know, j- just the the ability to have somebody else put the ball on the floor and get to the rim is something that he can provide. And we all know when Caleb steps on the three-point line, he's Steph Curry. Other than that, he can't shoot. But if his foot is just – if his pinky toe is on that line, he shoots 50% from, from, from right there. 50%?
2: I've never seen that motherfucker.
3: <laughs> I'll trying to be generous. No, but, but realistically, he's – I think he's <laughs> – the biggest X Factor. Obviously, I'm I'm naming offensive reasons, but defensively, like we we already know. Like he has to be I, I told G this. Um, I think he's been their fourth best player this year. Um, obviously not not every single game, but I, I think as Overall. the season as a whole, yeah. yeah. I think he's been the fourth best or fourth most consistent, however you want to put it. And I think this continues. I think this is a game where he gets 30 minutes and he gets action on DeJounte Trey. DeAndre Hunter because he's been somebody who's given us problems sometimes, especially uh, offensively, like him scoring offensively. So Caleb is kind of my go-to guy. Um, yeah, I'm I'm here for Caleb minutes, man.
1: Real quick, do you guys think Depot sees any time in this game? In the, yeah, no. Um,
2: barring any foul trouble or injuries, no.
1: What about uh, what about Duncan? Same. Zeller.
2: No. Uh, I would uh, probably more foul most, trouble. Yeah, Th- those but, are the yeah, guys
1: I, on the bubble, right? That that are like, okay, yeah. these are good enough to play, but probably might I not. Highsmith too. So, I
3: Smith. so I think Zeller is probably the most probable out of those people that you named, and including just High for Smith? the reasons.
1: Ooh. Ooh,
3: I don't know. I, I'm a I'm a Hamish kind of guy. Or Little Daddy Kane,
1: Kane as a shout out to this <laughs> Boy. I don't think he can
3: play because he's a two way. I don't think he can play in can the playoffs. He
1: play. He balled out today.
3: Uh, Bro, his jumper looks silky. Completely different jumper. He will be a
1: rotation player next year. I think that... A
3: a million percent. I'm not going to lie.
1: And Moose said this in our chat. Moose is like... And I love Moose. And he's like, I don't understand why this guy didn't get minutes this season. I I think that he developed into this, and I don't think he was ready. And I think his time in the G League certainly helped him. And I, I think that we shouldn't try to rush these guys into these roles. I think that Miami... Has plans for guys like Jovic and him. Um, at least I like to think they have plans um, <laughs> where these guys kind of get better in the G League and then and then come to the pros. But
2: no, I, I I think what Moose was more leaning towards, and I, I agree with this, was like early on there were too many games where, you know, there were down guys and um, they still played seven guys when they had nine available. Like there there were too many games where they were playing limited rotation yep. with a limited roster as is. And it didn't make any sense. Like I, you know, you were, yeah, you yeah, were yeah. they were losing a lot of those games. Anyways, there was no fucking reason. Like, uh, and I agree. Kane got most of his development rightfully. So in the G league, um, but in the, the situation where you, you were in, like just play the guy, like yeah. he, he was going to give you better than 40 minutes of max truce. <laughs> like it, it was max, bro. Yeah. You had, you, they burnt out max thing to lose those games. Anyways, when Kane could have developed a little bit, in some of those games, but you know, it's no, no. I actually, I sorry, Moose.
1: I actually agree
3: with that. I don't know why I yeah. kept thinking they were going to cut um, Yurtsevin and and convert his contract or or sign somebody. But that's not. Hope pushing it on the timeline. Oh, I was, I was right there with you. I couldn't have agreed more.
1: <laughs> so guys, let's let's so the, let's he's uh, the
2: fourth bit fourth center on the team right now, and he's. uh, yeah, I I would I would play UD before I played Yurt honestly.
1: Last time I checked,
3: especially after today,
1: let's log some predictions as we get out of here. Um, Atlanta, last time I checked, they were plus two and a half for this game. Really, yeah.
2: Oh, Shit, I did not know that. Uh, G, save your prediction for the yeah, the yeah, uh, pre- yeah, for part two. That's what I was saying.
1: Um, so you know, obviously, Miami favored, you know, but the very small line, yeah. You know, two and a half is pretty, it's, it's it's pretty small. So. Two and a half. That's <laughs> rough. So I'm, at home. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, I'm looking at it now. It's minus four and a half. So I don't know. If it's minus outdated. four and a half now? Yeah. But still, I don't. Damn, I,
1: don't, I, I, I locked in a bet yesterday at two and a half. I should have waited. Oh, shit. I have a bet, have, have a bet with a buddy. He's a Hawks fan. So, I, you know, I, I, got, you got I, I, gave, I gave him the odds. <laughs> <laughs>
3: what a generous guy. I, I do think the Heat are going to be playing this game. Uh, I would say harder than the Hawks I feel like the uh, Miami
1: needs this way more bro Like this shit oh, on the line dude Heads I'll are gonna you roll guys,
3: I'll tell you guys off camera This is the best This is this is the best matchup for the Heat In the playing Point blank period Yeah like, point blank period Chicago and Toronto They uh, fucking know, sucked
1: against uh, those teams Even they, though Chicago Yeah we stinks.
3: struggle against those teams And let alone Toronto I do, get
1: I don't understand why they get fucked up by Chicago It's very weird
3: It's the DeRozan effect I don't know I No I'm kidding I don't know it's Pat batman It's Pat <laughs> Alf, Alf,
1: Alf called him once a lizard looking motherfucker.
3: <laughs> Alf, Alf needs to have an entire encyclopedia for his quotes. Dog,
1: I, I put like a picture of like me and my suit from the wedding. Alf fucking roasted me for like 10 minutes, bro. <laughs> like I I know I know no peace. <sighs> these people these people it. are bullies. I hang over time chat, roasted my my shirt. They said I look like a fucking comforter. Uh, Shmita says I look like I needed to be swaddled.
3: Nah, bro. The, the last hangover time when you came out there, people were calling you Henny G. I was losing my mind. Henny G? <laughs> yeah.
1: oh, that rant was an Alzheimer though. That rant was an
2: oh,
3: Alzheimer. Bro. Oh, dude, I, was yeah, so, yeah, I was
1: so alive, bro. Uh, I've uh, said this morning that uh, about my suit, I look like a like a sketchy cruise conductor or I look like I own an <laughs> island where a wish w- that where I grant wishes that have ironic consequences. <laughs> That's really good. Let's, uh, let's go to the
2: prediction. Let's go predictions. Um, Frankie, you go first. As of right now, man, I, 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 I want to believe in this team. Like they've been playing a lot better ever since I called this team shit on Hangover Time. They've turned it around. Frankie, you
1: were so out on them, bro. I've never you. Were, every time anything would happen, you'd be like, "They fucking suck, bro. They fucking suck."
2: Because it was <laughs> dude, you, you were wrong. It was it was that like every time you start believing in this team, they lose by thirty four points on national TV. It was so fucking frustrating. Yep. Um. And I, I'm tired. Like they're literally uh, on ESPN. They are thirty and forty nine against the spread. Thirty and forty
1: nine. That's hilarious.
2: That's fucking <laughs> awful. Like That's and so- and they've had a negative point differential all season. Like every time. Uh, they they win against a good team. they blow they blow it against a bad team at home on the road didn't matter. So it's just hard to believe in this team. Uh, I want to believe in them. I'm going to believe in them because this this is the playoffs and this is a this is a meaningful game. There is no put up or shut up time, like it's put up or shut up time, I mean, um, so I'm gonna say heat by six because I don't believe they're good enough to blow teams out consistently and and you know Atlantis should come with some energy uh but i but i mean it's four and a half oh you know what i'm gonna say four because they're not gonna cover and and and
1: they're gonna get a clutch game <laughs> oh Vegas always knows uh Lou what you got
3: um so the last time me and Frankie did predictions the spread was 14 he picked that they weren't gonna cover and they won by 13 um i i'm a little more optimistic i think this is I think the Heat will want this game more than the Hawks. I stated that already. Why were
1: they favored by 13? Uh, it was uh, a, Detroit, I think.
3: Yeah, Detroit. Bro. I'm come stunned on. that, that
1: they, they were favored by team. double digits against anybody. It, it was by 14 and they won by 13. That's crazy that. that they were favored by double digits against anybody because they fucking And they suck. didn't, cover.
3: And, and they they didn't, didn't cover. cover. and they didn't cover. And they didn't cover. 14 is crazy,
1: dude. How did they come up with that? I'm fucking, what? They were favored by how many? I would have never done that. You put a gun to my head, I would be like, hell no. That's going to be a four-point game with two minutes to go.
3: I don't know, man. Vegas must have not been keeping up. But I, I do think this game we're going to cover. I actually think we're winning by the 14 points that they gave us against Detroit. My guess is 118-104. Let's,
1: let's fucking go. You, Lou with the fucking guts, bro. Lou hasn't done and, this long enough. That's why he has the guts.
3: No, no, you you guys don't understand, bro. I They'll I've spent you. the whole year. My friend was over here saying we're making the finals again. And before the season started, I was like, I don't think our team's good enough, man. I don't know. I don't, I don't see our team. after that Sixer de- game.
1: I'll believe anything. I'm in. In December,
3: he came to me. He was like, you know, I think you're right, man. He's <laughs> like, I think you're right. And ever since that moment, I've been the one trying to like keep the bat, like, like keep the keep the yeah, hopes yeah. up because because I think we started off too high and then we got way too low on this team. And, you know, they're somewhere in the middle. I think – I don't know, man. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, they do win. 118-104. You heard it here first. We'd love to see Bookmark it. Bookmark it at me on Twitter if I'm right. Your and, and, friends don't the, me.
2: Uh, Your friends saw the Deadman versus the Lakers moment and was like, all right, I don't believe in this team anymore. But that was a, that was a lost low lost point play. of the season.
1: For yeah. Me. that's, what, that, that's was what it. What that was it. That was rock me. bottom. Rock bottom was Deadman holding the ball. A Laker player – taking it out of his hand while he was still under our own basket, and then Deadman falling over and giving that Laker <laughs> player the middle finger. Like, it wasn't his fault.
3: I refuse to believe Dwayne Deadman played. This Heat team started after he left. Dog, I'll he, just leave he's after. the
1: worst player in the NBA.
2: Gee, Udonis subbed in for Deadman this
1: year and was better. No, no, absolutely. That's how bad he was this year. Deadman, I'm telling you, Deadman didn't have a 24 24 point night like that doing it all over the deadman floor didn't have a 24 point month
3: all I'm saying is if you Haslem played every single one of those deadman minutes we'd be looking at the five seed with the Knicks
1: I'm telling you deadman. we would have had we would have had at least two or three more wins
3: That's what I'm saying we would have been we, the Knicks are three wins ahead of us we would have been right there with them
1: Callie you says hold up Frankie UD might be the eighth piss player on this team. <laughs> I wonder
2: what the Heat's net rating is without Deadman. <laughs> they're probably like a plus eighty-four. Uh, actually, we
1: can we can pull that up. That is uh, that is Stant that is obtainable data, my friend. Uh, I t- I by the way, for the record spoiler, I do think it's still bad. Uh, because oh even, yeah, I don't think it's even the stench of Deadman wasn't enough to fix it. But it certainly no, but is. He,
2: he was, yeah, they were still pretty ba- like close. It it's probably like a plus two point four. or something Okay, like so that. they're
1: they're minus. 10.43 with deadman on they are plus 0. 0.41 with him off so They won without deadman. They were a winning basketball team without deadman and with deadman. They were the worst basketball team
3: Yeah, so just off a of differential, How is he minus so what? bad 10. bro? 4? You said minus 10.4. Yes, that's worse than the Spurs guys Dog, that's the worst in the league. <laughs> They're the worst team in the league when he plays He's the he single-handedly
1: tanked this season. I'll never forgive him.
2: He's the worst.
3: Where's Birdman, man? Bring him back.
1: Bring uh, bro. My, my worst ever take was when they signed Birdman. I think I don't, it, it wasn't even a buyout. It, they just kind of just signed him in the middle of the yeah. season. And my dad is like, "Who is this Birdman guy? Is he good?" I go, "Bro, he's another one of these centers that they're going to try and he's going to suck." and it's not gonna matter. Did you say the same thing about Deadman when they signed him? No, I said that. I might have told this Ryan Ederson, uh, this not Ryan, uh, this Chris Anderson story, but th- that's my worst. I think I've even said that on the pod. No, 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 I'm saying like, didn't you say Deadman, like it wasn't gonna matter, he's, done, he's gonna suck.
2: Uh I, I think I was pro Deadman. I don't remember. Like, it's, listen, you. I feel like, I feel like you trust, that anytime they pick up a, a center in the middle of the season, whether it's De- uh, Birdman, it's Deadman, it's Zeller.
3: Whiteside, uh, when they did it.
2: Nikias yeah,
1: kind it, of – Nikias caught me it, on board with Deadman, though, early. Nikaias was very pro-Deadman on the dunker spot, and I was like, you know what? I'm in.
3: <laughs> Steve and was – And to his up. point, he was decent for a year, and then – He was awesome for a year. He was – For a year and a half, because he was yeah, – Yeah, he was great. Year, even last year, he was good,
2: uh, until, like, the the – later half of last season
3: he, he was just always bump. so I'm gonna, stiff. Man. I'm gonna
1: give you guys a secret. <laughs> I would have been still I would have fucking I would have spun the narrative on this minus ten and I would have blamed I would I might have even blamed Kyle for the minus <laughs> ten. But the fact that this man tried to cease and desist us you you lost this is how the this is how a media game works, bud. Real Turn on your ass
2: behavior there.
1: Turn on your ass. Well chat that's a wrap this is an hour and a half on Easter uh, I am so hungover. I don't know how I got through this. <laughs> my lovely co-hosts, uh, Herculean Frankie Lou. Thank you so much for carrying me to the finish line. I'm going to take a cold shower, uh, and just l- sit there for like an hour while I detox. And, uh, and then I'm going to watch anime and go to bed. Oh, l- yeah, sir. Shout out to chat. Shout out to my co-host. Shout out to Miami gaming parties. Shout out to um, hangover time that will be uh, on Tuesday for Heat Hawks. So get 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 ready for that, and it's gonna be a fun week, man. We're gonna have a lot of good playoff coverage tomorrow. Uh, Tiff, Bond, and Kenny, we're gonna cover the defensive side of the ball. So we're gonna get we had this wonderful panel, but we're gonna get for defense with the ladies of MHB and also and also Kenny, uh, and we're gonna have a good time. And then uh, you're gonna have hangover time on Tuesday. And then we'll have reaction uh, on Thursday, on Wednesday, and then depending on the result, you know, we'll have content for you throughout the series. We'll have a, a, a preview uh, for whatever uh, game they play, and it'll be really exciting. So tune in this week. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a big uh, a big week. Chat says, "G, give us some anime recommendations." I'm watching season two right now of uh, of Gundam Witch of Mercury. It is very good. So that'll be my, that'll be my, and I just finished Blue Lock. It's a sports anime. It's about soccer. Oh, the soccer one. Here. Yeah. They're basically trying to make a, like, you know, the, do you remember the Kobe system commercials? Yeah. It's yeah. basically, Frankie, they're oh. basically doing the Kobe system. They just want to make a bunch of Kobe Bryant's of soccers.
2: I've been meaning to watch it. My brother says it's really It good. is so I, fun. I just finished the Tomo-chan is a girl. That show was so fucking funny.
1: Have you seen Kuroko Basket?
2: Not yet. I, I no, I um I started that one and I kinda hated it. <laughs> so I, I Are you too it you're to like too
1: basketball minutes. pilled? It,
2: it was it was like that makes no sense. Like I couldn't get away from the basketball side of it.
1: There's a there's like a Lou, I, I don't know if you've seen it, but like the the, have the players have like these ridiculous powers, but they're not supernatural. They're just like they're just like ridiculous optical illusions or something. Some guy has like this like weird step back that like can't be blocked. Just it's just funny or some guy like it's so stupid. I love it
2: there that one of the main characters cannot fucking make a layup cannot do anything but pass like he's fucking magic Johnson on the pass, but (laughs) fucking uh, He's fucking Gianni everything else
1: (laughs) I mean He's kind of like McRoberts He's like (laughs) he's like he's like point you want to watch an
2: anime with McRoberts.
1: Yeah, I mean, there are analogs. I mean, there there's been a ton of point guards who can't. But he's like Rondo. He's like literally <laughs> Rondo, go. and he has something called the ignite pass, where he like fucking punches the ball and it fucking <laughs> flies. It's so stupid. I love it. But blue lock is blue lock is a fun. It's kind of like that, Frankie. It's fun.
2: Yeah, I I need a, I need a basketball with the technical aspect of it.
1: You're not getting. I you're not
2: getting like it. Like right. a like a high Q with basketball would be cool. Watch uh watch uh
1: watch the basketball episode of Clannad or uh <laughs> as close as you get. Uh <laughs> shout out to chat, shout out to everybody. Love y'all. We'll see you this week for our week of uh postseason coverage.